Hi there, welcome to Glenelg Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Well, we have been and we have started a series in the book of Ephesians. And uh, if you've got your Bible with you today, which if you're at home, you most likely do have, um, I'd like you to open that to the book of Ephesians. That would be wonderful. And uh, look, we started in Ephesians chapter 1, and what we see in chapter 1 of Ephesians is Paul goes to the greatest of extremes to explain to the believers in Ephesus just who they are in Christ Jesus. This resonated with me this week because as I've sat in the passage for this week, which is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 9, I've recognized that this passage speaks to us in terms of who we were before we found faith in Christ, who we are becoming in Christ, and who we are now in Christ. And as I've sat in that, I've actually struggled. I'm going to be honest with you, the church, this morning. I've actually struggled because as I've sat in that, I've remembered who I was before I found faith in Christ. And as I look at my life now, I still see elements of who I was evident in my life today. You know, and some people would say, you know, why, why can't I feel Jesus? Why can't I feel God every moment of every day why can't why can't i seem to buck this or buck that thing in my life that seems to be tripping me up and i and i want to let you know this that this journey of faith that we are on is a journey that we aren't perfect yet <laughs> who we are becoming in christ perfection is coming but we're on a journey right now, and sometimes God feels like he's distant. Sometimes he feels like he's not there. This is where faith kicks in, where we hold on to our faith no matter what we feel or don't feel. And this is where the rubber hits the road, because when we recognize in our lives the things that we don't like, you know, um, for me, sometimes it's a selfishness that sort of starts to resonate inside of me. And, um, and if things aren't sort of maybe shaping up the way that I like them, I, get, I can get a bit grumpy or a bit distant. And, and, and I just want to say that's in those moments that when we recognize those things in us, that it's faith that we hold on to. It's our faith in Christ that keeps us going. So I'm being honest with you here at church this morning. I'll, I'm being vulnerable with you because I've really struggled with this this week and just as I've worked through this. And um, I think this is healthy because I think the passage today as we go through it, this is basically Paul explaining in his words the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel that he's explaining. And, and when we sit in it and, and when we begin to resonate with it, there's a sense of we are humbled and in being humbled, this is good. Because when we're humbled, we recognize who we are. And we recognize how much we need Christ. And so this is a good place to be sitting. 
And so this is a little bit of context of sort of just where I'm coming from. And, and just to give you a bit more context in terms of this passage, you know, because Paul, like I said, is going to great extremes to encourage the believers in Ephesus of who they are in Christ for two reasons. One, he's heard of their good deeds and it's encouraged him. And secondly, because of the context in which they live, they live in a, in a society where human mandates have kept people separated, Jews and Gentiles, they've been separated. They live in a city where they worship the God called Artemis, and there's the temple there, which is in those days the seventh wonder of the, of the old world. It's one of the seven wonders of the old world. And there's witchcraft, and, and there's, in the context of the city in which they live, it's difficult to live out their faith. And so Paul is encouraging them, and he's reminding them of who they are in Christ. And this is really important because in chapter 1, he uses words like this. Now, as I read these words out, I want you to sit with them because they're true to us today. Words like, you are blessed in the heavenly realms. You have been given every spiritual blessing. God chose us. We are holy and blameless in His sight. You have been adopted into this family um, of God. Grace has been freely given to you. We have redemption. We have forgiveness. God's grace has been lavished on us. We have unity in Christ. We have been chosen and marked in Him for an inheritance that is coming. And then in chapter 1, Paul prays for them and he prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He prays that their eyes might be opened so that they would know God better. He reminds the believers in Ephesus that Jesus is seated on the throne and that He is the head of the church. And that Jesus has been given this position through resurrection and ascension power Everything that God exerted when he raised Christ from the death. That same resurrection ascension power is available to each and every one of us. And now, as we turn into chapter 2, Paul reminds them that they are alive in Christ. They are alive in Christ. And that word is the same word for us today. We are alive in Christ. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. And as I read, I want you to remember where you came from before you knew Jesus. So turn your memories back. <laughs> Sit in the past for a moment and remember who you were. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, 
who was rich in mercy, made, a, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Let us just pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, as we just unravel this a little bit, remind us, Lord, of who we are in Christ, that we have been made alive in Christ. And let this today be an encouragement to us. Lord, encourage us today through your Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians, this starts in a very interesting way. You know, Paul's just been encouraging the believers, and now he jumps into this as he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. You were gratifying the cravings of your flesh and following the desires of your thoughts. Like the rest, we were deserving of wrath. What was our condition? Before we knew Christ, what was our condition? We were dead. We were dead. Death is a serious matter. Movies, games, TV series, they all portray death as being something normal. You know, Sarah and I... We love watching mystery series. Midsummer, Lewis. Um, we, we're now tapping into Acorn TV, which has all of the English mystery series in it. And we love them. You know, it's amazing in those little small towns how many people can die in one night. You know, why would people want to live there? I don't understand it, you know, but I want to visit there when I go because it's fascinating. But so many people die. You know, death in these programs, it doesn't really even phase us anymore. It's almost like normal. It's become a game. It's not reality. And sometimes it doesn't even matter how gruesome it gets. It's like, it's like my mind has been seared to the reality of what death is when I watch TV or a movie. I remember, I'm just going to digress a little bit, but I remember when I was about 15, I went and watched a horror movie at the theaters. The first and only horror movie I ever watched, Friday the 13th. Now, today it looks like a comedy. Then it freaked me out so bad I couldn't sleep. You know, and the more that we watch these things, the more we see death portrayed on TV, and sometimes even in the news, the less it seems to affect us. Until, however, death actually happens in real life. Then it's no longer a game anymore. Death is final. And what Paul is referring to here is a spiritual death, a spiritual lifelessness. You know, a dead person 
is not capable of doing anything. But a spiritually dead person is incapable of serving and pleasing God with their lives. So not only does Paul say that we are dead, but we're dead with this sin problem. And that sin problem leads us down a path of darkness in which we follow the ways of the enemy of God, the devil. Now, before I came to faith, I don't think I was a bad guy. I think I was a reasonably good guy. If my neighbors need their lawn mowed and they couldn't do it, I would have done it for them. I opened doors for people coming in behind me. When I saw people in need, I would give. And sometimes I would give generously. And maybe you identify with that and all of these things are great. But here's the thing. We all know people, don't we, who know God, who don't know God, who when we look at them, we go, sometimes they're nicer than the people I know in church. But the thing is that God is a perfect God who created us perfectly so we can have a perfect relationship with him. But our sin, all that we think, feel and do without Jesus misses the mark. No matter how good it looks of that perfection. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is our story and unfortunately is still the story of many people today. Our condition informs our status. Dead equals sinner. Alive equals Christ. Ephesians 2.3. We, we once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Let me remind you, our God is a creator God. So all of humanity came from Creation. Our original parents are Adam and Eve. We can all trace back to that lineage. And so we can also trace back to their fallen nature. We're not sinners because we've sinned. We sin because we're sinners. And this is what Paul means when he says that we were by nature children of wrath. We were born lifeless. But God... But God, Ephesians 2, 4-5. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trans trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you have been saved. We were born lifeless, but we have been made alive in Christ. Did you catch the words in that verse? God is rich, rich in mercy. And his love for us is great. It's overwhelming. It's powerful. It's a mega tsunami wave. His great is so love. His love is so great. The problem we have with sin, it's not a $5 problem that we can pay off with a $20 bill. Mowing my neighbor's lawn, although that's a good act of love, doesn't deal with my problem of sin. We're incapable of paying our way out of the wrath of God. But God has more mercy than we have sin. 
He has more grace than we do sin and more love than we do sin. And so he gives us Jesus. And the good news is that Jesus not only pays our debt, as Hebrews 12, 2 says, tells us that Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He not only pays our debt, but Jesus is the one who does the work in us. He's the one at work. When you feel so far from God, when you feel those old habits of who you were before Christ still evident in your life, you need to remember that Jesus is still at work in you. He hasn't stopped. He's at work. And so it's by grace, God's grace lavished on you, that you have been saved. So we were born lifeless, but we've been made alive in Christ. And we are living, lastly, because Jesus lives. Spiritual birth is not from our own doing. In the book of John, we meet this, this uh, scholar, Nicodemus, who asked Jesus a question about being born again. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says to Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Nicodemus is a little slow to, to grasp what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about a spiritual rebirth. Look at what Jesus says here as he talks about birth in John 3, 6-8. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Between the before and after of our conversion, God, friends, is at work in us. And then we get to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 to 8 which says, in order that you in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. The gift of God. What does it mean to be saved? It means that you have been rescued from an, from an eternal spiritual death. Rescued by your faith in Jesus Christ. It is a gift that has been given to you. His arms are open wide. His blood is on the altar, shed for you. John 3.16, someone gave us this this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For those of you who have faith in Jesus Remember where you came from. For those of you who don't know Jesus, you can be alive in Christ. By giving your life to Him, surrendering your will to the will of Jesus Christ. Faith is a gift given by God for all who believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by works that are not our own. It is God at work in us. 
I pray that that's been an encouragement to you this morning. I don't know how you found it this morning when we asked the question, explain the gospel. But there it is in Paul's own words. We were dead in Christ. We were made alive in Christ because of Christ. It's his work in us. Remember that. Be encouraged in that today. And remember that Jesus is at work in us. No matter where you are today, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how far away from him you feel, Jesus is still at work in you. And so by faith you hold on. You hold on, family. Don't ever give up. Don't ever let go. Hold on to what Christ began in you. It's a good work and he will complete it. There is an inheritance for us. Let me pray. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website www.gebc.org. Hope you have a great day.